Hello! It's another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. And it is I, your girl, Sandra, here to uh, discuss some expansion-related news in regards to the Chicago Red Stars. Off-season is officially in swing, and there are some things to discuss, like some expansion draft rules and a trade that Chicago has made with Racing Louisville FC. So there's a lot to get into here tonight, folks. And I couldn't do any of this alone. There would have been literally no possible way. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, AKA the Scam Originator. Claire, how you doing tonight? I am unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) I told Sandra right before we started, I said, I don't want to do this. She gave me a great outline. She talked about what we were going to talk about. I said, that's a really great outline. I don't want to say any of those things. Um, Yeah, I agreed, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We also, you know, we we do our content planning and uh, we're so good about also communicating that with each other and... um, Part of that was also talking about sort of the general overall vibe of how we wanted this episode to go. And uh, it's honestly, guys, it's going to go how it's always gone. Uh, You're going to get some real sincere truths from two people who podcast about the Chicago Red Stars. And uh, with that, let's get into the nitty gritty of uh, what this entire episode is going to be about. We're going to be talking about, like I said, expansion, some uh, expansion draft rules, uh, a trade that took place, and uh, we're going to obviously have to talk about some players within that trade and uh, sit down, you know, grab a beverage, um, you know, get cozy. If, you, if you're into that, um, sit with us a little while because we're going we're gonna to sit with it. Uh, with each other and and, uh, go go through this episode. The Chicago Red Stars uh, engaged in a trade with Racing Louisville FC. Chicago Red Stars traded forward Savannah McCaskill, Japanese international Yuki Nagasato, to Louisville in exchange for full roster protection in the upcoming draft on November 12th. Uh, The trade actually uh, marks a little bit of history, right? Uh, first of its kind, a little bit within the NWSL. It's, it's uh, basically a public agreement uh, in terms of, you know, trading assets for roster protection in an expansion draft, right? All of those uh, quote unquote gentlemen's agreements coming to life uh, on paper and on the wire. And uh, within these two players getting traded for expansion draft, Roster protection, uh, Louisville also will be receiving an extra international slot for the 2021 and 2022 seasons and a Red Stars first round pick in the 2021 NWSL college draft. So number fifth overall, which uh, is leaving the Red Stars with multiple picks within that draft still. Uh, But it was quite the bag of tricks that was exchanged for full roster protection. And uh, with that news, and we wanted to make sure that everybody had as much context as possible before we got into 
the players involved in this trade because part of this episode, uh, we absolutely wanted to pay honor to them and not just talk about this as a soccer move that happened, even though uh, it would probably be pretty easy to do that, but it would be a much shorter episode. Uh, but this move was made, funnily uh, you know, enough, ahead of the league releasing official rules for the expansion draft taking place in November. And some of those rules uh, kind of came into light in terms of maybe the whys, you know, for, for this type of move to have been made. Uh, there are a number of players that can be protected per club. Every team is going to be allowed to protect 11 players, which is up from prior years and prior expansion drafts. Playoff teams were allowed to protect nine. Non-playoff teams were allowed to protect 10. And in all of the uncertainty of this year in light of a pandemic and no real seasons, you know, uh, they obviously adjusted that. So every club was allowed to protect an 11. And within that 11, a club can only opt to protect two U.S. allocated players. And in the NWSL, Chicago Red Stars and now Portland Thorns with their trade for Crystal Dunn have a lot of those. And uh, it's not unfair or nor is it a lie to look at a team like the Thorns and look at a team like the Red Stars and uh, know that they have to operate a little bit differently when it comes to, you know, controllable assets, financials, things like that. So having some of those things in place and having that many allocated players, um, I think the least surprising thing was that a Chicago was going to make a move of some sort, right? How was this team going to try to perhaps get in front of those things, right? Because in this expansion draft, there's also there's also the introduction of allocation money. Allocation money was introduced last year, uh, but this is the first time that it's uh, become a component within an expansion draft as well. So we weren't too sure how, how that was going to look too. So, uh, you know, if Louisville went through their expansion draft and didn't select, a, you know, a non-allocated player, they would receive X amount of dollars, right? Pretty chunk, sizable chunk. I believe it's 75000 and part of that money they can bank and or or use how they see fit, even including the upcoming 2021 draft. So I think the least surprising part of this was that Chicago actually made a trade. But I think we're all in agreement that the part that sucks the most about it is that it's for a player like Savannah McCaskill, uh, somebody who's had quite an interesting journey in the NWSL and even within her incredibly short time um, with the Red Stars. And uh, for a player like Yuki Nagasato, who's obviously been here much, much longer and um, has developed over the years a very special relationship with the Chicago Red Stars community as a whole and the great city of Chicago. So uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. 
Yeah, I'm like sulking about it tonight. I was like, I was listening to you talk and I was like, wow, I am. Yeah, I, I was going to keep going. I'm like, whenever I'm you gave really me the just like, oh, um, whenever I was like, she's, she's, it's hitting her again. I'm going to like, let. <laughs> it's so like when we, when we do these, this podcast and when we write about this team, especially when you do off season stuff, you have to balance you have to balance the initial take because this is unfinished business, right? Like we don't know what happens next and you absolutely cannot judge this kind of stuff until you see what the team does next. Cause you just, it, it's foolish. It still doesn't add up to me. I don't understand yet. Um, yeah. So Chicago has five U S allocated players, Casey short, Morgan Gattrall, Alyssa Nair, Tierna Davidson and Julie Ertz. They can only protect two of them. They straight up said they're anticipating two of those players probably not being on the allocated list um, the next time the list comes out. Uh, and but, but what they gave Louisville, in addition to an, a draft pick, was two players who would have been in the expanded in the protected 11. So they gave, they gave away two players that they did not have to give away. If they had said, no, we want to keep Yuki Nagasato and we want to keep Savannah McCaskill, they would not have had to give them up. Those players would have been on that protected list. You have to assume then that Louisville was threatening to take one of the three allocated players who were not going to be protected. I don't know uh, who the team was going to protect. It seems pretty obvious to me that the two players you protect in this are Julie Ertz and Tierna Davidson. Um, I don't know who Louisville was threatening to take. Because in my in my opinion, I don't necessarily know what judgment call you make to give up these two for one of those other three allocated players, just purely on the field. This is not – I mean, we all have emotions tied to this. It would have sucked to see any of those three go as well. But, I, I you know, you wonder about Emily Boyd tearing her ACL. Did Louisville say we're taking Alyssa Nair? And Chicago said we can't throw this position into the abyss. Um, or, you know, what was the judgment call made on someone like Gatra, um, as a linchpin in their midfield is in, in saying that her value is higher than Nagasato and McCaskill together. Cause I did an unweighted list. I did a list with like all of the allocated players and all of the non-allocated players on Chicago's list and Nagasato and McCaskill still made the 11. So it's I didn't understand because even, even this trade, like, that, that thought went through my mind when we were sort of processing this, right, kind of offline, right, amongst each other. We were like, wow. So, I, you know, a part of the thought that I had was like, mm, I guess we don't have to even do that. Uh, who are you protecting episode? I had my list ready to go. <laughs> ready. <laughs> we, had it. we were like, oh. I was we- like, I here are my two, and here are my other, uh, here are my other nine, and we're gonna... <laughs> We're just going to go ahead and take a break that week. I, I know. I, I was literally, I was like, I put a whole list together and they just, they just got rid of it. Um, Don't even worry about it, fam. We got you. Yeah, yeah. No, all, those are all incredibly. And so, and so like, it's possible that I'm dumb. It's possible that I don't know the thing, right? Like, I don't know what I'm missing here in the bigger picture. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more probably about the bigger picture. Um, but you know, I think that like maybe people might be looking to us to give some sort of silver lining to how Chicago was actually 
like smarter and more correct in this one. But no, I think that Louisville held all the cards and said, here's who we want. And Chicago had to pick between two bad decisions and and they picked one. They picked the one that was probably financially the most sound. Um, And that sucks. It reminds you that this is a business and that players are commodities and players are assets. And on the field, I'm sure Chicago will be fine. I think they got worse and you hope that a team doesn't, but you know, um, but yeah, I, there are a lot, I can understand this conceptually in that it had to happen at all because that's what expansion drafts are. But I, I don't, I don't know. Like right now, I really don't know how this was good. I don't think that's unfair to say because I think there's a lot of trades that happen in NWSL, right? Where these moves are made and you look at them for a second, you go, well, we don't really know how that's going to pan out quite yet for X, Y, or Z club, right? And then when you're somebody who covers the Red Stars, you go, oh, actually, the Red Stars have actually been that club many times and you've had to sort of put your cap on in terms of the big picture and like connecting the dots and and what does that mean and et cetera et cetera um i mean i think it's not unfair to say that uh you know these last two years are the years that we have seen the payoff and the benefit of the move that they made for morgan gatra um, so sometimes it, it just takes a little while. That's just how things shake out in sports in general, but also uh, within the NWSL, you know, a, a league that has not a lot of teams, you know, and where maybe it doesn't take as long to sort of see those potential benefits, you know, down, down the road. Um, but yeah, there was not, uh, I don't think there was ever an instance in which the news was made and us sort of kind of having to sit with it and and talk about it and figure out how we wanted to do this, where we wanted to um, sort of take that perspective because I'll be the first to say it. uh, A big part of Southside Trap is that we are that, right? When we talk a lot about uh, what we want to do here, we speak a lot about community and um, how creating content is, has definitely shifted um, towards that. Like, that's our bigger picture, guys, right? So when this dropped, uh, I don't think we were interested in trying to find those silver linings because they suck and they don't exist right now. Uh, and honestly, in a year like 2020, it's very laborious to ask that of people who do this because we don't have those answers. Yeah. We don't have those answers. So what we're going to do instead is try our best because that's what everybody is trying to do this year, including the Chicago Red Stars, including Southside Trap Podcast. And uh, we wanted an episode which was both uh, sincere, honest, and fair. And uh, we wanted to take the opportunity to honor these players. You know, because that is something that we are also about here on this show. Um, 
I say it all the time, guys. This is a Chicago Red Stars podcast. So we're going to talk about these Chicago Red Stars because they belonged to Chicago for a little while. And uh, I think just for uh, seniority purposes, we're going to we're going to start off with Savannah McCaskill and maybe talk a little bit about her Red Stars journey. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it was interesting to sort of look back at that because uh, having Savannah McCaskill be one of these players involved in the trade for roster protection, it, uh, it left me a little bit with some, with, some que- with some of my own questions and question marks around things because, you know, this is a player who was acquired – by the Red Stars mid-season. So she, her arrival to the Red Stars came in June of 2019. The Red Stars made a, a trade with Sky Blue for, for Savannah McCaskill in exchange for, at the time, was the club's highest first-round pick and then the club's second natural round pick um, from which they had got from Utah in that 2020 draft for Savannah McCaskill. So I think um, it's important to revisit that because – we're looking at a player who came to the Red Stars. And when you look at the deal that was done, I think a part of you maybe looks at that and thinks, well, this is a long-term project. This is a player that was uh, sought out for specific reasons and uh, maybe needs a little bit of polishing and a little bit of work. And the Red Stars felt that they were the club that would be able to give it to her. Uh, Rory Dames actually actually went back and looked up the, the quote uh, during the release, and uh, this was the quote in the news release when they acquired Savannah McCaskill in June of 2019. We were looking for another player with different attacking qualities than what we currently have to continue to improve our attacking options. We believe Savannah checked the boxes we were looking for to improve both our team on the field and our locker room. So. The journey of Savannah McCaskill in 2019 was maybe a little bit unfair because it wasn't a whole season and it's hard to um, sort of make an impact, right? That maybe a coaching staff or team is looking for within a limited window of games. And then to have 2020 happen in which your coaching staff was praising all of the work of this player in terms of improvements and in terms of what she was doing on the pitch, off the pitch, and her integration within the club as somebody who was really adopting and adapting to what Chicago Red Stars culture is. Um, you kind of maybe took a second and thought, well, if you came in the midseason of 2019 and then this sort of cluster of games that we had in 2020, you're kind of showing, putting those things together here, then yeah, this was maybe a long-term project that eventually we were going to potentially see some some real payoffs for 2021. And uh, now we'll just never know. Right. I mean – I think that the positives of Savannah McCaskill are ones that 
don't make a lot of sense to talk about now that she's gone. You know, I, they're the kind of things that you say about a player that you're looking forward to seeing in the future. Like you say things like she came to Chicago and they taught her how to be a better professional. And you say things that she was tasked with assignments and she worked very hard to complete those. And you say things like she got her fitness up. She became a 90 minute player. She worked very hard. She was, you know, the best player in the 2020, uh, uh, challenge cup championship for the red stars um all of those things are true um but i feel bad for her in that um she's had a lot of coaches in her professional career now and she's never gotten that long with any of them and now she's kind of starting over again and you just have to hope that the positive experiences that she had in Chicago, she can carry with her to Louisville because she deserves that. She's a talented player. Um, Roy talked about her all the time. She was like the number one player that he talked about after like every game this year. Uh, and I think that, yeah, of course it's a testament to how much she's grown and what her potential is. Um, it's too bad that she never completely put it together for Chicago. I think it's unfair to use that against her. I don't think she had a lot of time. So, um, yeah, I'm a little bit, I don't know exactly. I mean, every, all the positives are true, but I just think they're no longer necessarily relevant to a conversation about her as a Chicago red star, because they're all predicated on the future and, and her future is in Louisville. So, so I don't know exactly. I'm sure that's why Christy Holly wanted her. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the move, for Savannah McCaskill is, you know, actually reuniting her with Christy Holly. Um, Savannah McCaskill was drafted back in 2018. It was uh, mm-hmm. by the Boston Breakers, who um, folded unfortunately, and uh, there was a dispersal draft that took place. And you know, there were a number of moves and tr- trades that were made. Um, in that dispersal draft between like, you know, there was sky blue who was involved. There was spirit who were involved. And then we saw Rose Lavelle go to Washington and we saw Savannah McCaskill uh, go to sky blue. So uh, she had a little bit of time as a rookie uh, with Christy Holly. And uh, you know, maybe there's something there uh, that you know, he's aware of as a head coach that he can believe that he can get out of, of a player like McCaskill. And, um, you know, they also didn't have long together, similar to her and, and Rory Dames. Uh, so I guess it's just, like you said, Claire, I mean, there was a, there was a journey that was happening for, for McCaskill with the Red Stars and it's just done. It's just done now. Yeah. I think in terms of like Chicago fans, you're really kind of stuck in a catch 22 here because, you either want her to continue on her trajectory back upwards and you want her to be good, but that's not good. That doesn't mean Chicago wins the trade. It means they lose. Um, but you also don't want her to fail because she's been bounced around so many times. So it, it's hard to figure out exactly how, as a fan of a particular team, you're supposed to feel about it. You know, you wish her well, and either she's going to remind you what you gave up, or this is really going to mess with that development. and. Either way, 
That's tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, outside of like the soccer, right? Outside of the the tactical stuff, the the performance stuff like that. You know, the other questions that come into play were like, well, Savannah McCaskill had such a short window of time with the Red Stars. You know, what what was maybe her impact on something like the Red Stars culture, right? Or something like the locker room or the chemistry um, amongst players. And you maybe look at the timeline, you're like, well, that's like, it's not long enough. It's maybe not relevant, you know, but we literally had an interview with Kalia Watt, a first year Red Star. And the first name out of her mouth when we asked her about um, who she's enjoyed playing with during these games in 2020 and without hesitation, she said it was Savannah McCaskill and that McCaskill was a player that she really enjoyed playing with and made everybody better around her. And um, the thing we've always heard about Savannah McCaskill that maybe has never made it on the podcast, which is that she practices great. She's apparently just like, she's crazy in training. She's a really great person to train with. She pushes you. She makes you better. She works her ass off in training. That's, that's something that we've always heard about her. Um, and I think that you could see you could see that ethic translate to games, even if it wasn't always um, the most focused energy. But um, yeah, I don't know. It really seemed like she was a big part of what the team wanted to do going forward. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, don't it's, know. it's just it's just uh, like I said. There's just a lot of question marks around it. I mean, and it's also I'm sure there's a layer of. I'm sure there's a layer of frustration involved as well, especially considering the type of year that 2020 has been, um, like meaning like what it's shaped out to be, because it's not what anybody thought it was going to be. Um, everybody thought it was going to be another regular season and people were going to get another crack at things. And um, that was part of the Red Stars narrative coming into this season. They, were pissed about the way that their season ended in 2019 um, and on that championship final pitch. And uh, they had lost some big parts of that 2019 roster and they were, you know, motivated by that um, because in losing, you know, players like a, like a Sam Kerr or, or, or especially like somebody like a Nikki Stanton or uh, you know, you, you look at that and you're, you maybe get, people who doubt that a team could get back to that type of level, right? When you lose those type of components. So they were very, the motivation was there. And within that, we also have heard a lot about how 2020 was always going to be a building year that in staying motivated to get back to performing at the highest level and competing for championships, that this was supposed to be a building year. We've heard that a lot. Not a rebuild, but 2020 was supposed to be a building year. And when you look at a player like Savannah McCaskill, that's the player that you looked at and said, oh, that's the building block. Right. And now it's gone. And so now 2021 and the outlook on that is unknown. And when you don't know that and when you don't know things, it makes you feel bad. Right. I mean, again, we probably should do this multiple times in this episode. Everything we are saying comes with the caveat of understanding that we are not privy to the next step or the next two steps or the next three steps. 
they're going to do something. Um, but we still just have, huh? We have some, we just don't know. We just don't know. We just don't know guys. So with that, um, I just want to shout out Savannah McCaskill. I want to thank her for her very short time here in Chicago. I Uh, wish we could have gotten to see those videos she and Katie Johnson made where they reviewed cereal. Yeah. I, uh, I would have liked to see those. (laughs) was really looking forward to those. Um, they would have been fun. They would have been a whole lot of fun, honestly. Yeah. In a in a year where we can all use some of that some of that fun. I will also miss Savannah McCaskill's chaotic energy. I think if there's anything on the field, she's a, she was a real Stanton in a way in 2020, where you just never wild card, wild card. You just never knew exactly what she was going to do. Uh, and I loved it. Spice of life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember like when Savannah, like when they did make that move for for McCaskill, it was a move that you felt like was coming. You had wondered there were a few players on their radar that maybe you thought that they were looking at. Um, and McCaskill was one of those players and that actually happened. And, um, you know, she was super psyched to be here. You know, it was really cool to get to chat with her immediately. Like when she got here, you know, throw, throwing it back to, you know, our SB Nation days when we used to kick words around over there. Um, it was very cool to get an interview with her very quickly and um, chat with her and sort of get her first impressions of everything happening. Um, And it just happened very, very quickly. And she just, uh, part of it was that everybody wanted it to happen that way. Chicago, her, and and she couldn't wait to get there to get a couple, at least a couple days in of training so that she could maybe potentially be available to go that very weekend that uh, she arrived. So she always had um, a very, very real energy, right, when, when she got here. And uh, shout out to her. And uh, I, I, I do hope that uh, she continues her journey. And, and hopefully somewhere along the road, these two teams will have to face each other. And uh, hopefully she doesn't have such a great game. Yeah, but I, I want good things for Savannah McCaskill. I really do. Always have, honestly. Been a big fan since, since, since day one. So Shout out to McCaskill. Um, <laughs> how to transition to Yuki Nagasato? I maybe I'll do it. I've been letting you talk a lot. I'll do the transition. I'll I'll take I'll I'll take this one on. I'll carry you on this one. Um, you know, one of the thoughts that I had on Monday, uh, and and this is something that Sandra kind of Sandra kind of alluded to um, earlier, which is that. You know, 2020 has been a hard year for everybody. Um, and it also just hasn't been a great one for for the Red Stars. They played 11 games. I think they won three of them. Um, they lost the only game in the entire year that mattered. Uh, and, um, and, and, and I, I, this is something that, you know, I, I want to at least like say is that, it's been hard on, it's been hard on us. It's been hard on Sandra and I to be the people synthesizing some of this for people. Um, it, it's not always easy to be going through hard years yourselves, um, and do a lot of this primarily as a labor of love and have the year not really love you back all that much. Um, and feel a responsibility to say things about people because 
no one else is saying them because the Red Stars don't get their fair share of coverage. So if, if we don't talk about it, um, nobody is not in the right way, you know? Um, and so on, on Monday, on Monday morning, it, it was interesting because, because both Sandra and I, we, we talked about this a little bit. I, the first thing you can't, the thing you can't do when you read something like that is you can't actually necessarily have a feeling about it. Um, if you're her, if you're Sandra or I, because you have to be processing it and, um, writing about it and synthesizing it for other people at the same time, which is while I still, and that's all just leading to me saying that I still don't necessarily feel prepared to talk about this. It's not something that I want. It's something that I don't want to talk about and that I, I wish it hadn't happened. I'm talking about a thing that I didn't want to be true. Um, I'm talking, we're talking about something that I think she and I are still both having feelings about. Um, and my feelings about it on Monday were different than my feelings about it on Tuesday, different than today. And they're going to be bouncing around for a while. Um, so I think I, I don't, the thing that I don't know at this moment is, is it better to talk about why we think this happened first or last? Um, and I think maybe we're going to close. We'll close with that. We'll close with why, because that wasn't the first feeling that we had, right? You know, it's not the first thought that you have, um, when you read about something like that. Uh, but first things first, and I want to be very clear about this. She didn't die guys. She, she's not dead. <laughs> it's okay. She's going to go play for a new team. That team's not really even that far away. Um, but, uh, you know, I read something, Annie Costabile at, on the Sun-Times uh, did a piece about expansion uh, days, I think, before this news broke about, um, and, and Rory Dames <laughs> highlighted how many people live here full-time who play for the Red Stars, um, because that's a consideration for them when they were making this decision, was um, they unfortunately have a lot of players that don't want to leave. Sometimes you have players that are okay with going. That's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, but after this year, I don't think they had a single player on that roster that was going to be okay with walking away from this team. Um, and unfortunately, when you have those that many players like that, um, something like this can happen. I firmly believe that Chicago traded their most popular player this week. I believe that to be true. I think they gave away their most popular their current most popular player um, who not, I mean, similarly to Savannah McCaskill, I think this team changed her and I think she changed this team. And I am still not entirely sure how to talk through this. You know, we can talk about happy memories, right? Um, and we can talk about the business of women's soccer. We can talk about what she did on the field. Um, but I'm having a really hard time with this one. I think that uh, it's not uncommon for me to rage about how little time we get with players in this sport. 
um, especially in this league. I, I resent the expansion process. I've said this before, even before this happened, I resent that teams are punished for collecting so many good players. Um, you mentioned Chicago and Portland at the beginning of this podcast. I think it sucks that those two teams are getting punished for what they've built and because they built it early. Um, and so what do we say about Yuki Nagasato? She came to the team in 2017. She was recruited by Alyssa Nair, who had played with her in Germany. Uh, she said, hey, come give Chicago a try. Alyssa Nair, another beloved Red Star. And you just have to you, – you got to always contextualize. We wouldn't, it, there are so many players that we would have been so devastated to lose. Um, she played with Kristen Press for a little bit in a two-front. She was part of a diamond midfield. Um, she played up top with Sam Kerr. She had eight goals and eight assists last year. Um, she had a hard time this year. She talked to Sandra about it, emotionally and physically. 2020 was rough on Yuki Nagasato. Um, and she's the kind of player that you want to – you wanted her to retire as a Red Star. You wanted her to walk off the field when everyone knew it was going to be her last home game and you wanted to give her that standing ovation. I am hopeful that she will still get that. She's going to come back to SeatGeek someday and people are going to give her the ovation that she deserves. Um, she was a different kind of player. I, we've said multiple times over the years that it's a, it's a, it's a testament to the red stars that they, that that player wants to play for them. It made them better. It made them more lovable. It made them a better soccer team. It connected them to something that I worry they are no longer connected to, um, without top internationals. I worry about that a little bit. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'll kick it over. I'm rambling now, but yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm just getting lost in your voice, my friend. Um, yeah, like I said, man, how do you, how do you even transition to talk? I'm not, to I'll never be ready. I'll never be ready to have this conversation. How do you, how do you transition to having a conversation like this? I, um, agree hundred percent with everything that you've laid out already i'm uh, a thousand percent in agreement that um if an expansion draft doesn't happen yuki nagasato is here and she retires as a chicago red star this is absolutely her last club yes 100%. um you know her arrival to the red stars in 2017 for me personally you know, covering the team in that year, there was a lot of, um, there were like many moments of transformative feelings. You just sort of knew or wondered the moves that were going to occur at the conclusion of that season in particular. Um, this was a club and a front office that has quite frankly been preparing for expansion for the last five years. And something like 2017 wasn't a stranger to that. It didn't happen. Um, but, you know, eventually 
things shifted for the Red Stars. And when she got signed to the Red Stars, it was uh, in May of 2017. And it was after the season had began. And I remember, um, I remember reading that news and thinking that this symbolized something different for the club. You know, the club that, the club from Chicago that prides itself on defense and being those greedy grinders and prides themselves on getting lots of draws in games um, and working very hard and doing it with a lot of homegrown talent and um, well-scouted talent and not necessarily utilizing international slots, trading those things away for uh, retaining the talent that you currently have. And the fact that they had signed a Japanese international because they had a year with Alyssa Nayer who took a look at the scene and said, this could work, was very, very special. It symbolized, the arrival of Yuki Nagasato 100% symbolized a change within the club and the organization as a whole. Yuki Nagasato will absolutely go down as a 100% a transformational signing for this team. And, um, you know, her 2017, it was, it was weird again. Like, you know, Claire has talked about it on this podcast. We've gone into that about how it's hard to cover women's soccer and, and latch yourself to following the careers of players because of the constant movement and how little time you get with them in that uh, we are very, very lucky to have been able to follow Yuki Nagasato for as long as we have. Um, but even within that first year, I mean, it was difficult to get her onto the onto the pitch. Um, you know, the season had already been about a month in. Um, they had signed her knowing that she was working through some injury. Yuki Nagasato actually went back to Japan <laughs> during that same season to rehab back from that injury because she was just like, I'm not right. <laughs> And I can't get right here, not yet. So I'm going to go home and get right. And uh, she went to Japan, and she ended up coming back. And, you know, I remember her first start with the Red Stars. It was at a home game. And uh, shout out to uh, our other friend, homie and colleague, John D. Halloran, uh, who uh, got to cover that game with me on that day. Uh, it was a terrible game, guys. It was a game against FC Kansas City. Um, and it was gross. Uh, everything was going wrong. Uh, anything that you could have thought about not working for the Red Stars, it was not working. Uh, I believe at one point I was like, somebody connect a pass challenge. Uh, it was not good. Um, shots, many gross wide shots taken off target. Um, Chris Press missed a penalty kick. Like there was just like a lot. <laughs> it was just like a lot. And yet somehow, somehow this team was like still in it, right? In this game against Kansas City, because that's how those games were. They were just like really close until they weren't. And um, they ended up losing this game horrifically, right? Like three to one. And they were down, <laughs> they were down to nothing. And Yuki Nagasato had been playing this first game and she had 
really quickly, like within the first 10 minutes of this game, guys, she was already trying to look. Like you can see that this player already had a different vision for the pitch than everybody else on the team. Um, her awareness and like presence of mind was just different. It was just different. And she ended up connecting with Julie Ertz to pull the team within one. And it was like, Julie Ertz loses her shit on this goal, you guys. And she loses her shit on this goal because, yeah, she scored a goal, but it is the way in which this goal happens. I mean, she brought the team within one. It was a beautiful giving goal, and it was scored against the run of play. Like, the rest stars don't do that shit. Are you kidding me? Yuki Nagasato made that shit happen in her first start with the Red Stars. And it was just like, oh, okay. And, um... It changed the team, and it changed somebody like me, somebody who had been following the team and covering the team in a media capacity. It changed the way we had to look at the team and cover them. And uh, that 2017 season is difficult to look back on, and we did a little bit of that uh, when we were doing our, our kind of Red Stars Rewind during the early stages of the pandemic and creating content for everyone and seeing those little glimpses of her connecting with Julie Ertz in a year which really was the rebirth of Julie Ertz and the national team in the midfield and watching her playing a two front with Kristen Press you just thought god damn if they had just had the time right and unfortunately it was a year that they didn't have it and she had been nursing her way through injury. I mean, geez, one of the final games, she got a red card. She was subbed on and red carded off in the Houston Dash game. It was just a while and to what ended up being a really beautiful beginning, guys. And, um, you know, I loved watching those 2017 games because you look at them and you're like, well, you know how that ends. But it was just like, just it was. It was just like a glimpse of what was going to be a beautiful beginning, and and you got to see that happen with her. And we also got to see that happen in a player like Morgan Bryan too. Like that was really her first year with the Red Stars, as well. You know, so we got to see all this really really cool stuff. Um, there were some real cool, a couple cool games there, where Nagasato really showed what she was trying to do, not just for this team, but really with them. Like she wanted to have this club succeed. And she wanted it to be everybody, not just her. Um, yeah, loved it. Uh, it was like a year where like we saw the Red Stars have like North Carolina's number in the regular season while North Carolina was like tearing everybody up. And there was like this comeback win against the Courage as well. And Nagasato was essential in that. Came off the bench and made that happen as well. You're talking about scoring a goal with an assist from Kristen Press you know, who was so used to getting on the ends of balls rather than serving them up. And then assisting Julie Ertz on the game winner on a header that, like, she couldn't believe that she got. Julie Ertz scores goals on set pieces. And she also scores them in the run of play because of Yuki Nagasato. And um, it was interesting to see that all transform and continue, really, when the Red Stars acquired a player like Sam Kerr. Like, the amount of excitement that rippled through the Red Stars community when a player like Sam Kerr came to Chicago 
wasn't just in the stands. There were players who were so hyped to play with Nikki Stanton, Sam Kerr, and Yuki Nagasato was like, she was hitting him with the prayer hands, like, come on, let's do this. And she could not wait to hit that pitch with Sam Kerr and make magic. Yeah, and it wasn't like that's, you know, it's a thing that we probably didn't say enough. We maybe let other people say it because it's something that, that we knew that, that we knew and that, that the fans knew, but it's not, it wasn't the Sam Kerr show. It really wasn't. It was Sam and Yuki. You know, Sam, Sam, got, Sam got 18 goals last year. Uh, Yuki got 16 points. Like, that's, that's neck and neck. And, and that is um, – that's just who they were. Like, I go back to – I went back to this when, when Kerr left, um, the Washington game from last year the one where Yuki assisted Sam and then Sam assisted Yuki. And then, um, and they, uh, they bowed, they bowed at each other. Um, yeah, it was, it was special. And then like Sandra was saying, it tapped into something that it tapped into something that Chicago can't build on its own. It's, it's something that a team, a team from Chicago full of Chicago kids can't have. They have to have these weirdos <laughs> come over here and pick us and love us and make us better. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I was, I was interrupting. You were doing a beautiful job of, of the timeline, but I just wanted to, yeah, it just, uh, Oh, it's good. I needed to drink some water. <laughs> it's, um, <clears throat> no, that's just, um, that's who, who she was on the pitch, right. For the red stars. She just, uh, she was a player. Um, we're talking about players who just made everybody better. Um, yeah, again, you just point at somebody like Yuki Nagasato and say that's it. Um, if you haven't had a chance to, Yuki Nagasato has um, written a very, very lovely um, internet social media farewell um, to the Chicago Red Stars community. It is on her Twitter. You should check it out when you get a chance. <clears throat> I'm not going to read that on here because I want to try to love myself and uh, not do that. But if you have access to the internet, it is there. Go check it out. And um, it's it's it would be unfair to talk about uh, Yuki Nagasato and her impact um, on the pitch and not make a reference to sort of who she was off of it. Um, I do want to note here that there was a press conference, you know, that was obviously held immediately um, following the news of the trade. Um, the Red Stars front office were basically uh, on a call um, the following hour once it happened. And um, uh, Claire and I both agree that it's, it was probably uh, the worst we've ever heard from owner Arnim Whistler and head coach Rory Dames. Um, when we say it sucks, it sucks. And uh, they don't feel great about it either. Yeah, it's not just us that feel bad, I promise. Yeah. I, I bet uh, if if people have attachment or feelings, right, uh, about a player uh, like, like Yuki, uh, I would just encourage people to try to remember that there were – people who saw her every day and worked with her every day and played with her every day and uh, are probably feeling that even more, right? 
uh, so than, than people who just sort of had an attachment to her uh, through a club. Um, and they were also, they also said the, the things that, um, you know, we're similarly saying on this podcast right now that, you know, she was absolutely uh, an integral piece of, of Red Star's culture, um, huge in the locker room, and uh, 100% attached to the club, the city, and its fans. And uh, I am incredibly thankful that this player came to this place and made it her home. And um, that in itself is very, very special to somebody like me personally. It's not easy to come to Chicago and lay down roots and say, this is going to be my home. It's not, it's not easy to do that. Uh, some of us are, you know, born and bred here and, and ride or die. And, you know, Chicago is also a city with a lot of, um, a lot of transplants as well. You know, it's a big, big metropolis, big place. So the fact that a Japanese international can, can come here and uh, say, this is home <laughs> is very, very special. And um, I loved watching the journey of Yuki Nagasato come here and sort of transform herself as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who has had the uh, privilege of being able to sit down with uh, Yuki a number of times um, for a number of pieces on a number of sites, including ours. Um, and she has always spoken very graciously and very honestly and very sincerely about whatever stupid things I asked her about. And, uh, being able to uh, cover the Red Stars in the 2019 season, because we're going to remember the last game of Yuki Nagasato at SeatGeek Stadium. We're not going to remember that one that doesn't matter in 2020. The last game for Yuki Nagasato in 2019, the last game at SeatGeek for this player, is incredibly special. And as somebody who had been covering the team for so long, to have this team do what they did that year, earn themselves a home semifinal. There's still a part of you that is hardened by everything that's happened before. And in doing this, there's a level of, um, there's a level of detachment you almost have to have sometimes if you wanna do this honestly and fairly. And uh, sometimes for some people out there, you know, people might think that we're being negative. I just say we're being real because that's what it is. Um, it's a team that we cover. It's a team that we know. So, yeah, uh, having this team get to another semifinal and having those narratives exist about if they can get over that hump and having it be a team like the Thorns, et cetera. <clears throat> the level of belief 
that came out of this player for this semifinal is what motivated and shifted me personally and by extension, I think Claire and how we were going to cover the playoffs for the Red Stars. And we had nothing but good vibes. We were covering that semifinal like we knew they were going to win, which was a belief that I don't think we had ever had before prior to 2019. And I remember asking Yugi Nagasato about that in an interview that she and I did leading up to the semifinal, where we talked a lot about her drumming and, and BBB and how that's transformed her as a soccer player. And I asked her flat out, I said, Yuki, who's going to win here on Saturday? And she very, very calmly and very sincerely said, I believe that we're going to win. I remember, I remember the media day before the final. <laughs> we asked everybody, I mean, don't worry about the game, but we asked everybody uh, on media day before the final too, who was going to win. And Yuki said, us. Who said no? Who said <laughs> Who yeah. said not us? Yeah. I was like, nobody, nobody. But nobody, um, nobody said that. Uh yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's who she was, man. And uh, that that's what she brought, I think, to to the locker room, to the team, and on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, I think I think for me, like, you know, and, and we'll talk, we're we'll probably close this up by talking about February 2020. Um, but you know, I think um you know, my, my main takeaway is, is, is there, there are some, some good times and some hard times covering this team. And and there are moments where you believe very much in the project and, and moments where maybe you don't so much. And I think that the way that you feel about the city of Chicago and the way that you feel about the team is if someone like Yuki Nagasato thinks this is good, then it's good. Um, and that it, it changes everything. It's like Sandra was saying about the semifinal. If Yuki thinks we're going to win, then we're going to win. How can we lose? If, if Yuki loves this city, then this city is good. And this team is good. Um, and, and I think that that was the way that she made everybody feel. And I think that's, that's the one thing I want to say, maybe as we pivot into um, what I think is probably everybody's, last good memory during this year and, and, and what she, that kind of culmination of that moment. Um, you know, I think that we would never go so far as to call any players on the red stars, our friends, because you know, there's a line there. Right. Um, but Yuki made everyone feel like she, she, you were there, you were her friend and she was there to, um, talk to you and get to know you. And I know that a lot of fans felt that way as well. And, um, I think that that is something that cannot, I don't want to go so far as to say it can't be replaced, but you're giving your, what you are doing is you are, you are, you are giving that up. And when I say you're giving that up, I mean, that that's not what it's going to be like for her in Louisville. If she's playing there, you are, you are ending something 
that is not going to be remade somewhere else. You are, you are ending a, a relationship between a player and a city. Um, and that kind of synergy for her, a city that she loved and, and this team, she was open in saying that that made her feel like she got better. She got better once all of those things were aligned. Um, and so that's again where it's like, it, it feels like what was given up here is more than what Louisville is getting. And that's hard. Um, but yeah, so I think maybe then we just talk about a little bit, you know, I, I keep going back. I go back to the podcast that we recorded after that BBB show in February. And I said that this thing only happens if you have a player that's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, which at the time was true. And I think that, I think that this business does not lend itself to that kind of magic a lot. Um, and it's, it's a testament, it's a testament to Yuki Nagasato, but also a testament to, to the fans here that that was able to occur. And then maybe this is even just a reminder, just how special those moments are. And that is also something that I don't think is going anywhere. She said in her post, BBB's not going anywhere. Her relationship to Chicago, you know, is, isn't, isn't changing, um, yet. And, um, I think, um, I, I think that in time, it'll be a little bit easier to talk about those things without, you know, being a little bit, overriding a little bit that it's ending. But, um, yeah, I mean, very special player, kind of a lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle in that her where she was in her career, the kind of player that she is, what the team needed from her, what she gave to the city, what she gave to the fans, and having fans that recognized that for what it was, was all very, very special. Um, and it, it, it's almost, you know, a privilege to have this be this hard because I think that there are a lot of teams – whose relationships to their players are nowhere near this deep. And I think that the fact that this hurts so much is indicative of something that is like true and, and good. So, yeah. Man, Claire, no one can get to me like you do, buddy. Unless you're Yuki next. I don't know. Just kidding. Um, yeah. I am, um, since we're revisiting that, uh that that night uh and that evening which we refer to as a soccer concert during that time um it feels like a lifetime ago because this entire year has felt like several decades wrapped in one um but i really am grateful that it happened and uh while we're just refreshing our memories about things we said i said it then and i'll say it again that 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 type of evening doesn't happen in any other place in any other place but here and with that type of player and that type of person and uh it was awesome and uh to be quite honest hopefully 
looking forward to more uh, because Yugi Nagasato has already said multiple times how much uh, she basically belongs to the city of Chicago and uh, that um, that helps a little bit, doesn't it? Right? So um, I think with that, we just want to let everybody know that there's always things to revisit. There's goals and there's highlights and there's things like that. If you're here for the soccer, if you're here for a combination of all those things of, of the soccer and the feelings, we got you on that too. Um, recently to, to honor this player, we, we reshared a lot of our work um, that we had done uh, around this player. Um, read the recap of that entire event, that concert, um, the podcast episode that we did about it, and uh, the last interview that I had uh, with Yuki in 2020 um, about her art, which took a little bit of a different um, look. Uh, it was on canvas, but it was something that she painted and uh, wasn't um, necessarily being a drum, and that was a lot of fun to talk about with her as well. Um, so all of those are uh, available for you to revisit. I think the podcast might still be for our patrons only for our, for our patrons only. And I think we're going to keep it that way because Yuki Nagasato is very, very special and she really does belong to a certain place. And so we're going to keep that episode locked. And uh, if you're interested in it, I encourage you to go ahead and uh, subscribe. You can listen to it. We recorded it back in February. It's on the Patreon. Uh, and if you want to read the other two pieces, they're unlocked for you on our website at southsidetrap.com. So, Sandra, why did Chicago do this? <laughs> <laughs> money, 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 money. Money. You know what? Um, yeah, we talked a lot of shit, guys. We were like... We can't talk about the whys. Just kidding. We're going to talk about the whys. Well, we're going to talk about the current whys because there's a lot of why did this happen like now? Like, obviously, it happened because there's an expansion draft. Duh, right? We're talking about that. And the rules that came into play with that and the really hard decisions that came into that. And um, we already touched on the fact that, uh, you know, Arnim Whistler and Rory Dames had to hop on um, you know, press conference, and they didn't sugarcoat that either. Uh, there were a lot of factors that came into play in a decision like this. Uh, and within all that, you know, looking ahead slightly, and maybe as only as much as they could have, um, being very transparent, right, which is something uh, they have tried to do this year a little bit. Um, sharing all of those things, right? Uh, sharing the fact that right, as of right now in 2020, yes, they have five allocated players. And also being very clear that that probably won't happen um, next year, uh, that some of those players might not be allocated. And if you're a US allocated player, there are things like a contract involved and you have to pay those players a certain amount of dollars if you wanna retain them coming off of a US allocated contract. It's something that's not uncommon, it's something that uh, several players have gone through in NWSL. I mean, we saw it as recent as, as somebody like, like Jane Campbell with Houston Dash. Like, there was some discussion there, but, you know, they obviously retained that player. And um, that's something that we're going to be following, right, with the Red Stars when it comes to having to cover that kind of stuff. 
Um, I think it, in between the conversations of financial reasons and the conversations of this feeling bad, I think you look at a team like Chicago and, and you look at the expansion draft and you think, oh, maybe Chicago's got a lot of leverage here, right? They can save 11, they could, you know, save 11 players and, um, you know, dare the other team to, to take a, another player and you'll still have like a really great 11, right? Um, but then at the same time, you look at a team like Louisville and you say, well, actually, maybe they have all the leverage. Maybe they do. Christy Holly is not unfamiliar with NWSL or going through an expansion draft or going through a dispersal draft or going through a college draft. And he's definitely not unfamiliar with Rory Dames. Uh, these are two coaches who have coached against each other before and and one coach left for a little while and one coach has still been here in the NWSL so um I'd imagine you know just to echo some of the sentiments and points that you hit on Claire you know that if this move didn't send out a signal to the rest of the teams if they weren't already planning man I hope they got their stuff in order now. And if anything, they should be calling over Ray Dames and thanking him because they gave him the heads up. Um, yeah, Chrissy Holly and Louisville are, are not messing around, man. They're going to look at those rosters and they're going to say, yeah, I want that best player and I'm going to take them unless we can figure something else out, you know? So um, there's a lot, I think, when you think about those whys. And while we can't really figure out the whys, in terms of a silver lining and looking down the road, because we're just not going to know those until we know them for right now, for right now, you're just sort of looking at it in terms of the sports business aspect of it. And um, the Chicago Red Stars have made some moves stemming back into last, um, last draft, you know, which was in January, 2020, and they collected themselves some allocation money. Um, and they collected some more, right, with a trade with, with Michelle Vasconcelos to, to Utah Royals. Something that literally just happened, you know, like about a month ago or so. So they, they, um, they are a team that has been making moves in light of this for quite some time. And um, no, even with all of that understanding, even with all of that knowledge, even with all of the acceptance and transparency of how difficult these moves are and why they have to be made. No, sorry to report still doesn't make it feel less bad. Yeah. I mean, I think everything you said is correct. And maybe my one thought is this, is that um, we've said that Chicago has been planning for expansion for a long time. And that's true. What they were not able to do this time was use that planning to actually protect their best players. But, you know, in the um, absence of that, they do still have those picks, right? And they still have the money. And the unfortunate thing is that now we just wait to see what they do with it. But instead of giving those things up to keep who you got, you now have those other things. So we'll see. Um, I don't know, though. I really don't know. You yeah. know, Rory Dames used the term short-term and long-term. 
Um, and I think they gave up one short term and one long term. So I don't really know exactly what to do with that. So um, we'll just have to see. The waiting game for everybody, fam. Um, the teams who are making moves, uh, the folks who are covering it, and uh, the folks who are waiting for, uh, you know, Red Stars wins again, right? Uh, and we'll be here, right, to, to cover that kind of stuff. Uh, I really do feel like if we can record something like this and get through it, that we really can do anything. <laughs> it's outside yeah, track. God, if we can make it through this year, like, what are we going to be like? Oh, I'm mad. They lost to, I don't know, Portland again. That's that's the worst thing that's ever happened to the Chicago Red Stars. <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, so anyway, next. Let's go next year. <laughs> Which low key we already kind of have been. I know. Like, already, we were kind of already been there. We had this tradition where we tacos <laughs> after Red Stars game. We would just be like, oh, whatever, it's fine. Like it's just part of the culture, guys. Like deal with it. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, we'll we'll be here. We'll be here through whatever it is, guys. Um, can't always guarantee it's gonna be, uh, you know, all laughs and all good times all the time. Sometimes, you know, families go through those rough spots, you guys. And you got to talk it out a little bit and hopefully come out on the other side. And uh, that's what uh, we'll basically be waiting on and, and reporting on and recovering on uh, from in the meantime. I will say this. And if there's anyone who's looking for a silver lining in kind of a shitty situation, it's that, um, and I think this is true. It's, I don't know if this is better in the context of feeling like a player was really kind of ripped from her home here, but um I've been seeing the Instagram posts from all the other red stars about their off seasons and like what they're doing. Sarah Gordon's going to go do sideline reporting on the USL championship. Um, you know, you're just seeing little stuff. Danny Colaprico is hosting a soccer camp this weekend. And it's just like, you know what? They're safe and they know it. And that's good. It's good that they're, that these players right now just don't have to worry about it. Um, and in a situation where you can't stop it from happening, I'm glad that they have that security. And I think that part of the reason maybe Chicago did a deal that isn't what everyone was hoping for um, is to give them that. And that's valuable. And that's why it's a good club to play for. And that's why nobody wanted to leave. So takes, I, take, I do take solace in that. I'm, I'm happy yeah. for everybody else. Peace of mind really is a beautiful thing. And um... – I think people got it. Um, it's hard to believe, but you know, a player like Savannah McCaskill got it. All those players, and right. so many they, at least they across, know yeah. across the league are going to be going through it, and that's another silver lining. You know, you root for Chicago, baby. If you're listening to this, probably got a rooting interest. And uh, guess what? You're already ahead of the game. When everybody else is going to be crying, you're going to be posing up and being like, "What? You can't what? hurt me. I'm already dead." <laughs> Like suck on that. Hey. Right? <laughs> like I'm a I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like it's like that Joe Kelly meme where he's just like, mm, oh, mm, oh, are you sad? Are you sad because your player left? Like, oh, really? Like, been there, done that. Like, like. Oh man, you'll love to hear it. Love to see it, Claire. I can only ever do this with you, my dude. Um, where can the people find us if they want to engage with us? 
You know, we had a lot of people join us at, on the Patreon this week, and I'm I'm really happy. And I also want to say that I noticed we had a lot of local 134 members uh, raise their patronage this week, and I thought that that was really, really nice. And I love you all very much, and we're all in this together. Um, I wrote about it. I wrote about this, and I actually think I probably represented myself better there than I did here tonight. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, I think um, – you should just you should just subscribe to the to the Patreon. I agree. Well, yeah. You can also follow the Equalizer. I'm there too, but you yeah. know where you know what's up. Yeah, I mean we write for other places. EQZ, shout out to them. All the love in the world. Um, I write for a little place, you know, CBS Sports. It's like around. And uh, really though, if you want those Red Stars takes, man. It's really, really on the patron at the Southside Trap. And uh, yeah, to echo Claire's sentiments, um, it was really, really, really nice to see everybody kind of give us that engagement um, over the last few days. Uh, in light of a move like this happening, uh, it's weird, honestly. I was like, what is this goodness? There's some of that left in the world? Um, it's, uh, it was wonderful. To, to feel that type of that type of feeling um, news like this changes people's minds and hearts right and um, I wouldn't have been shocked if uh, people would have decided to to maybe take a break from this community um, but the opposite happened we've got some new friends so shout out to y'all and thank you for joining I hope you enjoy it and stick around and um, man our day ones I really just I really can't emphasize it enough. You all are the truth and uh, we appreciate you guys so, so, so much. And um, for anyone listening live on the streams, you can get all this content first and foremost exclusively. Uh, if you go ahead and check out the Southside Trap patron, uh, I understand that things are difficult all over, especially financially. We talked a lot about money today, y'all. And uh, we get it better than anybody and uh if there's not a tier that you find there that works for you we've got three that you can choose from three or four and um if not i just want to let you know that you know there's all kinds of ways that you can continue your support of the Southside trap podcast and uh, you could do that by following us on all social media channels like uh you know twitter and instagram at Southside trap pod with one letter p and you can find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. So go ahead and find us. Give us a like, uh, subscribe, leave us a rating, a review. That stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're trying to create Chicago Red Stars content for you all. So stick around. Uh, we will do our best to be back with you guys with some additional content. Turns out we don't really have an expansion draft cover. Uh, but who knows? Maybe there will be some surprises along the way. And of course, we will be there with you. To tackle those as well. In the meantime, please stay safe, make good choices, wear your mask, wash your hands, wash your everything, continue your support of Black players and Black life, and we will be with you soon. Bye.